0: Good morning. Are you doing all right today? Yeah, we're just, we're gathered together. Uh, I get, I, I'm always excited. Um, man, Sunday mornings, I tell students on Sunday nights, it's, it's, a, it's a blessing to, to be able to gather together to be reminded of, of Christ and what he did it for our lives, to, to offer us something new. It's just, I don't know, it, it's something that happens every single Sunday, uh, but it has taken me a while to get there. Um, so, uh, you know, it's just th- this practice. But uh, if you're new with us this morning, I do want to welcome you. Uh, we're glad to have you here. We're glad that you just you committed to being here this Sunday morning. Uh, if you're joining us online for the first time, or you've been here a while, again, thanks for committing just to to be here to uh, challenge yourself to listen to what the Lord has to say uh, to to challenge us as a church body to move forward, right? Uh, and, and like Blake said, we are starting a new series today, and I get the uh, privilege of. Uh, starting it off so hopefully in the next three weeks Blake will pick up all the pieces of what happened today and you will understand what we're going on about right um hopefully that's not the case today uh, but I, I, I will admit uh, as I prepped for this morning it was a lot more difficult than I expected not because of like having to put together a sermon I mean that's just like a, a thing that's difficult in itself not because of nerves but really because of the fact that I had to wrestle with the truths in which I found in scripture. It's, just, it's not a fun thing, right? Because you think, well, Kenny, uh, you're a pastor. You should be ready to go. You're, you're good. Ask my wife and she'll answer the opposite. Uh, because I have a lot of growing to do. And I just, I, 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 every time I go, it's a challenge, Right? And so as I'm preparing uh, this morning, it, was, it really was a shock to, to find out that uh, how I was following Christ, uh, well, it was, my, it was by my own definition, right? I defined what it looked like in my life to follow Christ. And in the scriptures that we're in this morning, in, in Luke chapter 18 and 19, uh, that's not the case. Like, that's not the invitation that we see. Uh, and so uh, as I prepared this, this week, um, man, I, to, to say the least, I was challenged um, and, and convicted about how I'm living my life and exactly how we're talking about it going through the discipleship pathway, uh, that I was um, stuck in my faith. I was stagnant. I wasn't moving forward. I wasn't answering the call of Jesus, his invitation to follow me. I stopped. I, I just—that's where I was. Uh, and if that's where you're at this morning, I hope to challenge you. I, I hope that the the Spirit convicts you to to look at your life and and ask the question: Am I following Jesus, or am I expecting Him to follow me? Because there's a huge difference, and I found that out this week. And so, uh, before we start, I do—I want to pray together. I, I Prayer for for me, and I know that uh, one—you know—it's just a way for just to to slow down. But it's also a way that I allow the Spirit to convict my heart, to prepare my heart, to prepare my mind, to say, what needs to change? How do I need to follow? and What does that need to look like? So if you will, pray with me, and we will jump right in. Father, as we commit time this morning to you, to gather together as a church body, I pray that you show us what it looks like to follow Jesus. I pray that we lay down our, our thoughts, our definitions, our priorities, and, and we ask you to reshape them so that they, they help us look more and more like your son. I pray that we start to feel the, the call again. If, if our hearts and our faith have become stagnant, Father, those who are in this room, I, I pray that you reignite it. You, you bring us back to the first love that we have in you and, and the first time that we accepted Christ into our life. Reignite that for us. And, and for those who are lost, Father, this morning, I pray that we'll, we'll be challenged to step out of the crowd. We'll be challenged to allow you to shape our life and redefine what it looks like to follow you. And it's in your sons Let we pray. Amen. I had uh, shared before um, what quarantine uh, has, had, had impacted me, um, but surprisingly enough, as I prepped for this week, I found out that uh, I, was, I was being impacted by my own kingdom, if you will, uh, prior to, to quarantine. You see, uh, if you know me, uh, I, I love the gym. I have to set this out first, right? Because if I don't, you're like, you sound like you have problems you do too, but we'll get there. But I love the gym. I I seriously do. I I have been uh, going to the gym for at least six years, uh, four to six times a week. All right, like committed. I love it. uh, My YouTube is like filled, right? When you get on there, it's like, you think you might find some like, oh, he's listening to some cool music. No, I'm like, Dude's pumping iron, teaching me how to, to do this. I want to learn more things, right? It is, it's like consumed my, my, all my social media feeds. Um, my wife has told me that my girlfriend's name is Jim. I don't know how to take that sometimes. We'll, we'll find out. But it, it, it really has just been a, a pivotal part of my life. And to show you how important it is, okay, like I can get kind of like philosophical with it. Like, I had a, a student one time ask me, he's like, Kenny, why do you like going to the gym, right? And he's like, Cause you want to get big, right, blah, blah, right, right? No. It's taken me a little while to get here. But I, I, I told him, I felt real smart saying this, okay? So you can use this too if you start going to the gym. But like, I want to go in there to fail, to realize that I have room for growth. Okay? You're like, dang, Kenny, that was good. I know. been working on that for six years. So it's important to me. It really is. It's a part of me. And, and before quarantine happened, before the pandemic happened, uh, I started experiencing some injury and I had no clue what it was. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you where it was coming from, but I was, I was hurting and it was progressively getting worse. I couldn't do the things that I was, uh, previously able to. I wasn't able to do push-ups. I mean, even like jumping on the ground to just crawl around and, and play with Laney. I could not do that. I couldn't play with my daughter. Okay, it was affecting a little bit, but like gym's more important, right? And so I'm like, I can't do push-ups, I can't get on the bench, right? All these things were being affected. And so my focus before quarantine even happened had started shifting on how do I get better? Like I want to know, Kenny's kingdom is being attacked right now, okay? One of the pillars in my life is being knocked down and I needed to know how to make it better. So my, my focus shifted onto myself and, and what it looked like for me to, to be better. To get back to, to what was normal for me. Well, quarantine hit. They shut down the gym. I know. My same thought. I was, I was afraid that, well, now I can't work out. At all, I can't go to the gym. I can't, uh, I can't make those gains. I can't uh, you know, be in those places. But, but really, it was attacking another part of my life that I had no clue that was a pillar. I didn't know that it was part of my kingdom. See, I am a people person as well. I love people. I love being around people. I love going to uh, hang out with people. I love getting people together. All those things, I, I love it. And if you're not familiar, we're in a pandemic and you can't really do that. Okay? You can't do that well. And so it's really hard for, for me to see that part of my life shifting to, to well, to being lonely. And I, I had shared that my neighbor, who is a self-proclaimed introvert, okay? He calls me, this extra extrovert. He calls me and he's like, hey, I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks, like outside. I'm like, oh, dang, you're right. Is everything okay? I'm like, well, of course everything's okay. And he's like, well, I just, you know, I, I see you, and, and if you go inside, you're like gone. And I just, you know, I know that's really hard on people that are extrovert, and I'm like, no, dude, I'm, I'm good. But, but that whole time, I'm thinking inward, like, no, I'm not good. Something's not right. Part of my, my persona has been taken away, and so I found myself, again, reverting backwards. I actually didn't want to talk to people. Like, that's how much it had changed me. And and so part of my kingdom had changed again, and then I looked again on myself. Like, how do I get better? What do I need to do? How do I I get this back? I haven't come up with a cure yet for COVID, so just in case you thought that was going to be part of the sermon today, it's not. I had to take a serious look at my life because I found out that my life wasn't about christ anymore my life was about my life how i could build it what was going to look like where where jesus was going to follow me instead of where i was going to follow him i returned back to the crowd but not in the healthy way as followers we are supposed to go back to the crowd but first in a discipleship pathway right in a way that says i'm following christ not going back to the things that held my heart It's a scary thing to think that you can do the same. You see, our priorities reflect where our heart is. Our priorities and how we guard them, that reveals where our heart is. You see, I was tempted to go back with the flow of the crowd. How do I maintain? How do I fix my life to be comfortable? Not called, but comfortable. How do I follow Jesus at arm's length so that I feel safe about my eternity, but that's it? Why was my faith feeling so stagnant? Why why do I feel stuck in following Jesus? We see a, a continued invitation from Jesus to follow Him. And when we stay in place as followers of Christ, when we stay in the crowd, when we have an invitation to follow Christ we stay stuck our faith becomes stagnant we've been doing the things for so long that they're just boxes to check to show up on a Sunday morning it's just what we do but but am I called to do that is that part of following Jesus Well, my priorities might say different and so you know we it's like we rather live comfortably Than called. We would rather say, All right, Jesus, I really love this thing about being saved, but other than that, like, hey, can can you follow me this way? Because this is where I want to do and what I want to do with my life, right? See, when we only answer part of Jesus' invitation, we miss out on the, the fullness of life that he offers us. It's, 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 a, it's a hard thing, right? I, like I told you, preparing for this, this week was hard because I knew there was going to be hard things to be said. Like there's a call that we as Christ followers must answer. And when we don't, well, we, we trick ourselves. We stay somewhere where Jesus hasn't invited us out of something and into something more. And then we wrestle with our faith and we think, well, am I I close to Jesus? Am I saved? All, All these things. And he's saying, no, just listen, follow me and you'll have the fullness of life. But we're like, yeah, but I got my life. And he's like, no, I have something better to give you. And we as followers, we as people stay stuck in believing that we can live two different lives when the invitation is to live a new one. Why am I staying uh, so uh, caught up on this, the follow me? I've said before, and I believe it wholeheartedly, that the two most challenging words in Scripture are follow me. Follow me. Why? I did a little bit of studying. And throughout the four Gospels, around 20 times the words and the invitations of Jesus, in different ways, shapes, and forms, right? Follow me is, is offered 20 times. Now you would think that a man who is on a mission, who has a crowd of people following him, would be like, hey, you want to follow me? Hey, you want to follow me? Oh, yeah, hey, well, what about you? You want to follow me? But we don't see that in Scripture. We don't see Jesus just handing out these little certificates saying that you can be a follower of Christ. The call is for everybody, but the depth of that call is hard to follow T- to understand that Jesus is is telling us that I- I'm offering this but it's gonna cost you something it's going to hurt your priorities are going to have to change the way that you run your agenda isn't gonna be for you anymore it's gonna be for me how you spend your time your talent and your treasures those change they shift to reflect me To reflect my kingdom and not yours anymore. See, when we decide to follow Jesus, he's inviting us out of the crowd that follows him at arm's length, that follows him to see what he has to offer. Okay? Aware that there are sacrifices, that there's hardships, that there's dying to self, but there's a living, a new life set with purpose, fullness, and an eternity, and uh, like I said, we're we're in Luke chapters eighteen and nineteen today, and I, both of these stories, I, I love them, and and the more that I, I've I've dove in this week, I've just seen like, man, Jesus is smart. Jesus cuts to the point, like he doesn't mess around, and, and he knows you for you. He knows how to cut directly to the heart and what holds it. And so we get to look at uh, two different stories about what it looks like to step out of the crowd and then return to it, and what it looks like to step out of the crowd and go forward in following Jesus. So if you will, open up your Bibles or you can uh, slide them open on the, uh, the YouVersion app um, and follow along there. But uh, we're in Luke chapter 18, verses 18 through 23, and I, I, what I'm going to do is we're going to read them together, uh, and then I'm going to, we're going to break those down. And we're going like, to look at what Jesus is doing, because like I said, he is wicked smart about cutting straight to the heart. So Luke chapter 18, 18 through 23. We're looking at uh, uh, the rich young ruler, and uh, something I want to put before all of you is that both men that we are looking at today were already aware of religion. Okay, these guys were Jews; they got it; they understood all the things that they were supposed to understand. Okay, but yet something called them out of the life that they were living, the comfortable life, to say that being in the crowd is not enough. So let's take a look at the rich young ruler. Verse 18, it says this. A ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. I have kept all of these from my youth, he said. When Jesus heard this, he told him, You still lack one thing. Sell all that you have and distribute it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. After he heard this, he became extremely sad because he was very rich. There are three things that that stick out in this, this rich young ruler's story. You see, something drew him towards Jesus. Okay, There was a crowd. Jesus had been teaching that day, and there was a crowd around him. And this rich young ruler catches wind that Jesus is here, and so he, he steps out of the crowd to find out what does it take to truly follow you, Jesus. Verses 18 through 19. Let's pop that up here real quick. It says, A ruler asked him, Good teacher... What must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked him. No one is, a good, no one is good except God alone. You're like, Kenny, what's important about this? You see, uh, being Jewish meant that you knew what the, the word good meant. Okay, so just in case you, you, you're not catching on to this. Jews reserved the word good for God. They, they didn't correlate anybody else. They would call teachers and rabbis masters, but they would not call them good. Right? So this rich young ruler steps out of the crowd and professes something. He's saying, Jesus, you're God. Right? But Jesus wants to peel back a layer and make sure that he truly believes what he says. So he says, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. He's inviting this young man to confess that you, Jesus, are Lord. That, that's what's happening right here. He's waiting for him. He's like, listen, I see you stepping out of the crowd. I know that your heart yearns for more, but I need you, you have to confess that I am God. And he doesn't do it. We don't get an answer from him. He doesn't have an answer for Jesus. So his view of Jesus is one of the things that keeps him back in the crowd. Right? Because if you don't believe that Jesus is God, you're not going to follow him as if he was. You're going to go back to what's comfortable and what's normal. The next thing we see is verses 20 and 21. And it says, view of sin. It says, you know the commandments. This is Jesus. Because I'm, I'm sure there was this awkward silence, right? He didn't answer. So Jesus is like, all right, let's just peel back a layer again. It says, you know the commands. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And the rich young ruler, he's like, hey, I've been doing that from my youth. Right? I've been going to church all my life. Okay, Jesus, you can't like, I, I got those, memories. actually I got a tattoo on the inside of my arm of all those, right there. That's how long I've been a Christian, okay, right? He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm good at this. But it's, it's, it's an amazing thing because what it does is it shows his view of sin. Jesus, I've been doing all that I'm, I'm supposed to do, right? I, I'm, why do I have to worry about anything? Because He's asking about eternal life, right? How do I follow you? What, what does it look like to gain salvation? And so Jesus pokes He says, what do you think? Well, I've done all the things you've asked me to do. I've checked the boxes. I show up to church on Sunday mornings, okay? It's early sometimes. I'm not a football person, but I, isn't there football going on now? I don't know. i got plans, right? Now, Kenny, can you hurry up? Because we've got lunch after this, okay? We've got to beat all the other churches. Right, we, we've been there. We, like, If you are a, a church goer, you understand all the things that go along with it. The, things that, the boxes that we check, the things that become mundane, and yet God has called us to live differently. He doesn't want them to become mundane, but because that we keep Him at arm's length, we only experience Him in that way. So, His view of sin is another thing that has kept Him in the crowd. I got this. I don't need you, Jesus. The next is verses 22 and 23. Let's read those together. Oh, that's not it. There we go. It says, When Jesus heard this, he told him, You still lack one thing. Sell all that you have and distribute it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. After he heard this, he became extremely sad because he was very rich. Okay, this is where I have to put a disclaimer. I am not like Jesus, Jesus is not sitting here saying that if you have wealth you're wrong. If you have money you're wrong because if we look in scripture, you got guys like David, Abraham, Solomon, these guys had wealth. They had possessions. But the difference was is the possessions did not possess their heart. This is where, like, Jesus is wicked smart, okay? Earlier, he, uh, he, he says that these commandments, right? You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and mother. There's one missing. So This is the second part of the Ten Commandments, and there's one of them that's missing. So Jesus waits, right? He's like, I, again, wicked smart. He waits, and, and instead of saying, okay, you think the law can save you, I'm going to ask you to get rid of your stuff. The stuff that possesses your heart, right? Your possessions. And give it to the poor. Jesus peeled back this layer so that he could see that, listen, the law's not going to save you because you can't even do the one thing I'm asking you to do. You're not willing to step out of the crowd because it's uncomfortable. So, again, his view of salvation is challenged because he, he can't do it. He can't Listen, you can't be in the crowd and go, I got this, Jesus, but you're a really cool guy. Because he's calling you out of it. And when you say that the things in your life are, are more important than him, you're not willing to lay them down, that's what he's talking about. It's not about the possessions. But it's that the possessions had his heart. And Jesus wanted all of them. So we see these three things that are keeping this, this rich young ruler in the crowd, right? Because what's the verse 23 says after he heard this, he became extremely sad because he was very rich. Where were his priorities? His priorities revealed where his heart was. His heart returned him back to the crowd where he could live comfortable and not called. All of these things reflected back on himself. How do I maintain? How do I stay comfortable? How do I stay in control, how do I keep power in my life, how do I define following Jesus? It was the challenge on his view of God on church and on what being a follower of Christ truly meant that that his status, his power, his control, he didn't want that over a life of following Jesus. But one chapter over, chapter 19, if you will, turn there with me, we were introduced to this man named Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus was a wee little. (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm glad someone was going to do that. Yeah, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man he was. All right, this is like my nerd part coming out, right? He has to be a short dude for that to be put in Scripture. Like Luke's not like sitting there writing this book and like, dude, he's short. (laughs) People need to know this, right? So he's got to be a tiny dude. Okay, sorry. I digress. You can study it this week. Luke chapter 19. We'll be looking at verses 1 through 10. And we're going to see what it takes to step out of the crowd. This perfect example of what it looks like to step out of the crowd. Verses 1 through 10 says this. He entered Jericho and was passing through. There was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but he was not able to because of the crowd, since he was a short man. So running ahead, he climbed up a sycamore tree to see Jesus. And since he was about to pass that way, when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down because today it is necessary for me to stay at your house. So he quickly came down and welcomed him, what's that word? Joyfully. All who saw it began to complain. He's gone to stay with a sinful man. But Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, I'll give up half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have extorted anything from anyone, I'll pay back four times as much. Today's salvation has come to, the house, to this house, Jesus told him, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost. I love this. Big Z. I like to give that. Yeah, that's Zacchaeus, right? Zacchaeus, in verses, in verses 2 through 4, this is what it says. It says, Therefore, uh, there, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but he was not able to because of the crowd, since he was short. So, okay, this is where, where this is really important, right? Verses 4. So running ahead, he climbed up a sycamore tree to see Jesus, since he was about to pass that way. In, in Eastern culture back then, it was undignified for a grown man to run. You just didn't do it. Now, if you ask me why, I don't know. But you just didn't. Like, it, it was a cultural thing, you, like, those, that's for children, don't run, you silly goose. And he's running, and the crowd sees him, obviously, right? They're like, look at that little dude run. They're, again, something drew their attention, though they know he's there. Not only was he running, what did he do next? He climbed up a sycamore tree. Again, how childish you got to be to climb up a sycamore tree? Like that, that's what he's doing. He is being completely undignified to get a glimpse of Jesus. When's the last time we did that? This man became childlike in order to start following Jesus. He surrendered something of status and prestige to get a glimpse of who Jesus was. He was willing to become like a child. Verse 5. It says, Jesus sought Zacchaeus. Oh, oh, man, I love this part. Verse 5. When Jesus came to this place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down because today it is necessary for me to stay at your house. This is a cool part, right? Uh, uh, sycamore trees in uh, the eastern part of the world are, are like thick, tr- like big leaves. You ain't, like if you're a kid and you hiding, that's a good place to be because no one can see you, right? He's, he's stepping out of the crowd. He's still a little bit unsure about this following Jesus thing. But man, like he can see him still. And this is what I love. When Jesus came to this place, he looked up. Jesus was already seeking out Zacchaeus. Because you, you have to ask yourself this question. What drew Zacchaeus out of the crowd? Why was this wee little man running across the street to climb a tree to get a glimpse of this Jesus? Was it Matthew, the tax collector? They, they might have been buds, right? Who Matthew, the, the tax collector turned disciple, who just, hey, do you know about this Jesus guy? You should, you should come check him out. Was somebody praying for Zacchaeus? Was Zacchaeus' kingdom getting a little boring? His wealth, his power, his status? We don't know. But something told Zacchaeus that this is not enough. Being in the crowd is not enough. Being in the crowd is not following Jesus. Or at least Jesus' definition. Verse verse 6. I just love this part. He joyfully got down. Right? Oh my gosh, Jesus noticed me. And I got, yeah, I'll come down. He's so happy. And I I think about my own walk, and I've lost that joy of what it looks like to be just loved by Jesus, to be sought by Jesus. And Zacchaeus shows us. Yeah, uh, I'll answer that call. And so Jesus invites himself into... He says, hey, if you... Testing it again, right? Do you want me, Zacchaeus? Because if you do, let's go to your house today. He's got an invitation. Zacchaeus could have turned and been like, Whoa, no, this is pushing it too far. We just met Jesus and this whole thing about like dinner and stuff. No, it's too personal. i take a step back. But he answers the call. And not only does he answer it, but he answers it joyfully. I, I heard this saying a long time ago. But happiness is based on happenings. How's your life going, Kenny? Well, it's quarantine and it's awful. Right? Like life's not going well. Life's not planned how it should be. And so, this cool part, we see that joy fulfills. Zacchaeus had it all. He might have been happy, things were great, but something changed in him because joy from Jesus fulfills. Verse 7 and 8, the crowd, this is the crazy part, right? Like, you got all these people paying attention. The crowd misses this invitation. It says, all who saw it began to complain. He's gone to stay with a sinful man. But Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, look, I'll give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have extorted anything from anyone, I'll pay back four times as much. I'm assuming that he probably extorted, he just didn't want to say it out loud, right? Like, I mean, if I also did this, he probably did that. So he's, he's laying it all out in front of all these people. Hey, I'm a sinful person. I'm admitting my faults. I'm admitting my need for a Savior. And the crowd who is, listen, they're following Jesus. Like they're not just like passing by in a flock of people. They're there for a reason. And, and they miss the invitation. They miss the invitation of what it means to follow Christ. They miss the invitation to have someone step in their place for their sins. But Zacchaeus shows us how to do it differently. Follow me. Those are hard words. Dallas Willard is speaking on discipleship. He said he says this. He says the greatest issue facing the world today is whether or not the people who profess Christ will become his disciples. There's something about being in the crowd that's not enough. And you, as a Christ follower, stuck or stagnant in your faith today, tomorrow, the rest of this week, the rest of your life, there's a choice to be made. There's a next step to take. And instead of having church become a checklist, maybe it's time to start being plugged into church. Maybe church has just lost its priority and your your agenda needs to shift. Because, again, our priorities reflect where our hearts are, especially how we guard them. Maybe you need accountability in your life. You've been doing the church thing, but you're not plugged in even deeper. You're not walking the walk with others. So it's a call into out of the crowd and into community. Maybe you just have the ability to form community around you, and you haven't done it yet. But Jesus is, is asking you to follow Him out of the crowd and into something more. See, we're called to go back into the crowd, but we must remember as Christ's followers that the crowd should not dictate how we walk. We can't just go with the flow and surrender what Jesus calls us to live for what the world defines following Jesus. For those who are seeking today, if you've joined us online, if you're here in this, in this room, for those who are seeking Jesus is calling. The great news is Jesus is also seeking you. You're here for for a reason. You had a yearning that there was something more in life. Maybe you you have gone to church before, but you know that there is something more. There has to be something more. There's more found in Christ than the world can ever offer. There's power in freedom. From sin, There's purpose in loving and serving outside of yourself. There's prestige in being a child of God. I mean, can you imagine if we here at Christ Community commit our lives to going back into the crowds that we were once part of? And instead of going with the flow, that we invited those lost within to walk with us as we follow Christ. To challenge them. The, to, to challenge the, the living, easy versus right mentality. I'll tell you this, because Jesus says it. It may be uncomfortable, but you will be living called instead of complacent in your faith. Your faith will, become, will, be, will be alive. will be reignited as you join Jesus outside the walls. Think about it. If we follow Jesus with our time, our talent, and our treasures as His, think of the impact Christ's community and Christ could have on Shelby County. How far the gospel can be taken all over Kentucky, the United States, and the world. Because we took a step out of the crowd. If we step out of the crowd and follow him, the reminder that every four out of five people are unchurched in Shelby County, it becomes more than just numbers, but names. Names of neighbors, family members, friends, coworkers. Christ community. We have a mission, a calling, an invitation to follow Jesus. Be disciples who make disciples. To walk a different way than the crowd. Not stuck, but moving on mission. Not stagnant, but overflowing with joy of a life lived to the fullest. Not searching, but found. Father, as we close this part of worship, of being in your word, of allowing the Holy Spirit to convict us. To call us. I don't know the stories of every, everybody in this room. I don't know the stories of everyone who is joining online. But there is a calling upon our lives to live something more, to live something greater besides ourself. I know for, for me, I've looked at the kingdom I was trying to build about myself and found emptiness. And yet we see in the stories of Zacchaeus that when we answer the call, there's a fullness of life. There's a joy that is given because we've given our lives to Christ. And so those who need that today, Father, to take that step to get unstuck, call them. And for those who are searching, let them know that it's just a matter of following Jesus, confessing him as Lord and Savior of our life. And it's in your Sunday, we pray. Amen.